We'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on live streaming on the web, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and, of course, uh, we're going to be beginning. Be beginning. <laughs> That's a good way to start the show. Stumble over words and slur and all that kind of stuff. Must be the heat. Anyway, um, we are going to, of course, begin with our jazz feature this evening, but we have lots more music other than the jazz feature to play for you this evening. But as you may have gathered, those of you that uh, are regular listeners to the show, this month's jazz features are one-shot Blue Note albums by... A variety of artists, and we've had uh, last week we had Sonny Red, the great alto saxophonist. Before that, we had Duke Jordan, one of the iconic uh, modern jazz pianists. Tonight, our jazz feature is a drummer who was literally on hundreds upon hundreds of recording sessions in the 50s, 60s. And, of course, uh, when he moved to Europe, he recorded prolifically over there. I'm talking about Arthur S. Taylor. Arthur Taylor. Art Taylor. And, of course, uh, Mr. Taylor, although he appeared on so many recording sessions, he did very few albums under his own name. He did two for prestige. One was called, uh, he put a band together and called it Taylor's Wailers, and uh, recorded a wonderful album, and they were all his favorite players, and, and uh, um, that was a, a great album for prestige. And then he recorded another one called Taylor's Tenors, where he featured uh, Charlie Rouse and Frank Foster uh, on the front line, two great voices of the tenor saxophone. But for Blue Note Records, he only made one album, under his own name. And that's a, a well-thought-out, well-programmed album, of course, because it's a Blue Note record, high quality, good production, great sound. The album was called A.T.'s Delight, and it uh, got very good uh, critical reviews, and it was a solid, uh, solid jazz album. And it featured, of course, um, and Art Taylor was basically a drummer that just loved working with people. Uh, he knew um, what to do as a, a, as a drummer because he supported the soloist, um, and, and he didn't dominate the proceedings. Uh, but the thing about Art Taylor, of course, his style was based on his two idols, Max Roach and Art Blakey. He's kind of a combination of those two. With his, uh, that was basic, his basic drum concept. But what puts Taylor apart was his incredible sound that he got on his ride cymbal. And um, Mr. Taylor could cook. He was known as Mr. Cool in the business because um, he was virtually expressionless. A lot of drummers, they, you know, they grimace and move, move around a lot. Uh, Art Taylor was a wrist drummer, so everything kind of came from the wrists. And, of course, he maintained a very, almost a stoic expression on the bandstand. 
I remember hearing Art Taylor with um, Johnny Griffin and Eddie Lockjaw Davis um, in the mid-60s uh, in Seattle uh, when they appeared there. And uh, I was happy that Art Taylor was playing drums. I exchanged a few words uh, with him, and he said that he was ready to move to Europe, which he did in 1963. But watching him play was was very interesting because the the music with Lockjaw Davis and, and Griffin, two hard driving tenor saxophonists, um, they liked up tempo tunes and exciting tunes and so on. And uh, Mr. A. T. Art Taylor just sat back, Mr. Cool, and uh, <laughs> drove the band beautifully, uh, and and yet was just so calm and collected back there. And he was rather um, fascinating to, to, uh, to watch because of the energy that he was putting out on the drums, and yet he, he just seemed so relaxed. And uh, it was a very interesting experience. This album, called A.T.'s Delight, and... Um, I should say also that one of the best jazz books ever written was by Art Taylor. And that book is called Notes and Tones. And it's interviews with all of his peers, including Miles Davis, uh, Thelonious Monk, Dexter Gordon, uh, Betty Carter, the singer, Carmen, um, Carmen McRae, Nina Simone. Um, Art Taylor um, interviewed all of these and compiled them into a, a book Sonny Rollins is another one of his uh, interview subjects. They grew up together. So um, the interviews are very uh, revealing, very intimate, because it's, um, they're talking to Art Taylor. And, and of course, um, rather than, say, some uh, detached critic that's going to ask, well, when did you start to play, um, that sort of thing, Art, Art gets to the, to, to the meat and the root of uh, the interviews right away. And, of course, they're very revealing and, and very honest as well. It's a great book. It's called Notes and Tones, and um, it's really worthwhile. Go to the library, check it out, or, or uh, check it out on uh, Amazon and so on. It's one of the best jazz books ever. Notes and Tones by Arthur Taylor. We get to the music on this Blue Note album, and this was his only album for Blue Note Records. It was recorded in 1960, and Art, of course, picked everyone on the date. We start with an underrated trumpet player who had been around for a long time but didn't record very much, but you'll hear him on this album, and he sounds wonderful. His name is Dave Burns, and um, Burns had a long career, but it was mostly... Um, not really in the spotlight. He, uh, he taught for many years, but he was a, a marvelous musician and very reliable guy as well. Dave Burns on trumpet. The tenor saxophonist on here is someone who really became a big star. And uh, this is one of his finer, earlier recordings, and I'm talking about the great voice of the tenor saxophone, Stanley Turrentine. Stanley Turrentine sounds wonderful on here, and he blends beautifully with Dave Burns on the front line. On piano, the one and only Winton Kelly, and Winton Kelly never disappoints. He is so consistent, and every session that, that he Winton Kelly's on, he, he graces uh, and, and 
it becomes a better session because he's playing the piano on it. Paul Chambers, one of the most uh, widely recorded bassists of the time, uh, is here. So it's perfect. And, of course, Art Taylor on drums. On three tunes, the band is augmented by one of the great congueros. I'm talking about Carlos Patato Valdez. And uh, he uh, really melds uh, with A.T., with Art Taylor, and uh, gets a groove on all of the tunes that he's involved on. He's involved on three of the tunes, and it'll be very obvious when his presence is uh, is heard on, on, on the tunes. One of the great uh, compositions by John Coltrane was dedicated to his um, adopted daughter. When he married his first wife, Naima, he also adopted uh, her daughter, and uh, her name was Saida. And he wrote a delightful tune, which appears on the album uh, Giant Steps. Yeah, incidentally, Art Taylor is the drummer on that, too, uh, on Coltrane's uh, pivotal album, Giant Steps. Um, anyway, they, the tune is called Saida's Song Flute, and this was the first cover of that tune, uh, and it appears on tonight's jazz feature album. So that's the first tune we heard. We hear uh, John Coltrane's Saida's Song Flute. The second tune is a tune that uh, was written by Thelonious Monk and Kenny Clark, a very early composition. Monk used, used it for years as his theme song, and I'm talking about epistrophe. So that's tune number two. Two number three is a classic that was recorded by Miles Davis and all kinds of people, and it was a, a tune that was uh, performed at uh, hundreds of jam sessions. Move, written by drummer Denzel Best. Then we go to uh, a brand new tune that was composed for the date by the great trumpeter Kenny Dorham, and we hear a tune called High Seas. Art Taylor, of course, like many musicians, was, um, ba- was first-generation uh, Caribbean. He was born, uh, although he was born in New York City, um, his, his ancestry was uh, West Indian, uh, like Sonny Rollins and, and um, Randy Weston, Cecil Payne, all kinds of musicians. Anyway, um, to, as a tribute to his West Indian bra- background, uh, tune number five, it's called Cuckoo and Fungi, and uh, that's a little West Indian-flavored tune, and written by Arthur Taylor, his only composition on the album. The final tune is, again, a Kenny Dorham composition called Blue Interlude. So that's the lineup of the album. Once again, Dave Burns on trumpet, Stanley Turrentine on tenor saxophone, Winston Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, Arthur Taylor on drums and leader, and uh, augmenting three tunes, Carlos Patato Valdez on conga drums. And our jazz feature this evening, reaching a high standard, A.T.'s Delight. Enjoy. Thank you. 
And that is our jazz feature this evening. A wonderful album, which was um, one of those one-shot albums that we're doing uh, this month for Blue Note Records. And, of course, it benefited from uh, the great sound at Blue Note Records, the production values, the cover, all that sort of stuff. 
very well-programmed set of music by a band led by one of the most um, oft-recorded drummers in the 1950s and 1960s, Arthur Taylor, Art Taylor. Mr. Taylor was on literally hundreds upon hundreds of uh, recording sessions and played with everybody, from Charlie Parker to Felonious Monk to Bud Powell, you name it, and um, A.T., as he was known, um, was usually the drummer on so many recording sessions. This one was his only one for Blue Note Records. And, of course, he recorded uh, as a sideman on uh, many, many dates for Blue Note, as he did for all those labels. But uh, this was his only one, and he picked his favorite musicians of the time to, uh, to do this album and uh, program these six tunes that we heard. The people involved here, Dave Burns on trumpet, a very underrated and not uh, widely recorded uh, trumpeter, but a very fine one, and uh, he was around the scene for so many years. Dave Burns on trumpet, and he blended very well with the tenor saxophonist who was then a new star on his way up to jazz stardom, and I'm talking about Stanley Turrentine on tenor saxophone. Mr. T. On piano, of course, Winton Kelly. Um, Winton was um, from West Indian background as well uh, as, as uh, Arthur Taylor, and uh, somehow they, uh, they were very close friends, and of course, uh, Winton Kelly was just about everybody's favorite piano player. During this time, Winton Kelly, of course, was working with Miles Davis, as was bassist Paul Chambers. And Paul uh, was on hundreds of recording sessions as well, and a lot of them were with Arthur Taylor. So they knew one another. They could play together as if they'd been playing their whole lives, and they were. So Paul Chambers on bass. And three tunes were augmented by one of the great... Conga drummers from Cuba, Carlos Patato Valdez. And um, he understood how to play jazz and how to blend with a jazz drummer. And we heard him and uh, Art Taylor work out on a few tunes, on, on, on three uh, of the tunes on the session. So we opened with the first cover of a very famous composition by John Coltrane. And we heard a wonderful rendition of Saida's song flute. And of course, Coltrane recorded that tune on his very famous and uh, groundbreaking album, Giant Steps, Saida's song flute. The second tune was a tune that was used by Thelonious Monk for many, many years as his um, set closer, closing theme song. And this tune was uh, one of Monk's early compositions. It was called Epistrophe. And that featured the conga drums as well, the first tune, um, Epistrophe. And the conga drums were featured again on a great up-tempo tune that was a jam session favorite, a tune called Move. And it was written by the great drummer Denzel DaCosta Best. Then we moved to a, a complex piece of music, Uh, written by trumpeter Kenny Dorham, specifically for this recording date. And the tune was entitled High Seas. That's tune number four. And then we uh, went to the West Indies 
for a composition by Arthur Taylor. And it, the tune was called Cuckoo and Fungi. And the final tune was a minor key blues written by, again, for this session, um, commissioned by Art Taylor. Um, Kenny Dorham wrote the tune called Blue Interlude. So that's our jazz feature this evening. Certainly hope you enjoyed an album and a nice title as well. It's called A.T.'s Delight, and it was issued on Blue Note Records. Worth looking for, A.T.'s Delight. We'll be back with some music from Oil Can Harry's, one of the great clubs in the 1970s. It was uh, 752 Thurlow Street. And, of course, they had uh, different different rooms uh, in the club. But uh, for jazz listeners, it was the upstairs jazz room. There were so many people that uh, came through that club and played there. And this is an album that we're going to hear some tracks from uh, that was recorded there. And I'll tell you more about it after we hear some important messages. And I'd just like to tell you, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or live streaming on www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we shall return uh, with some music from Oil Can Harry's right after these messages. member of CITR and Discorder, but are you a true friend? Get a Friends of CITR and Discorder card for $20 for discounts in Kitsilano and around UBC at On the Fringe Hair Design, Rufus Guitar Shop, Stormcrow Ale House, The Bike Kitchen, UBC Bookstore, Australian Boot Company, and so many more. as usual. But then it's all about the competition. Every Vancouverite has their own story. The perfect time for our alternative. Vancouver's municipal election looms October 20th. Do you know who's running for city council, school board, parks board? This is a wacky municipal election and you're going to want to stay updated. Download Seeking Office the newest municipal elections podcast from CITR's News Collective. Find Seeking Office on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts starting July 3rd.
we had a little delay in uh, <laughs> getting that thunder happening because there's no thunder in the forecast. I'll tell you, it's uh, solid sunshine. We're into, uh, well, the, the weather office has, has delivered a heat warming as, uh, as well, a heat warming and a heat warning. And um, so, you know, we're just going to have to be a little careful because it's uh, quite a bit warmer than we usually get here in Vancouver. The temperatures are uh, quite a few degrees higher than uh, the average that we get at this time of year. So we're into this incredible period of uh, sunny weather, uh, sunny and hot and it's going to go on basically all week. Um, low temperatures uh, in the evening are going to go down to about 15, and they're going to go up during the day between 26 and 31, depending where you are in Metro Vancouver. So that's basically the forecast for the week, right through Monday, Tuesday, um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's here for a while, and uh, it's going to stick around. So enjoy this kind of weather if this is really um, your thing, and uh, make the most of it. And, of course, uh, take precautions as well. You know, drink lots of liquids, sunscreen, all that sort of stuff. I don't have to tell you that because uh, common sense will tell you that. I should just uh, like to just um, briefly um, give you a little addenda about our jazz feature artist, Arthur Taylor. Uh, he was uh, born in New York City uh, of West Indian parents. Like Sonny Rollins and so many people, he was of uh, West Indian heritage, first generation. Uh, he was, uh, his family were from the Caribbean. And he was born April 6th, 1929, and he died at age 65 uh, on February 6, 1995, and uh, from, from cancer, sad to say. But um, I should tell you that he was also a wonderful author, and he wrote a book called Notes and Tones. I mentioned this at the beginning of the uh, jazz feature, and uh, to this day, I think it's one of the finest jazz books uh, ever written. There are a series of interviews with all of his peers, including Thelonious Monk, Miles Davis, um, Johnny Griffin, um, Sonny Rollins, you name it, um, and, and great singers, too. Carmen McRae, uh, Nina Simone, uh, Betty Carter, uh, all sorts of people. And uh, it's a wonderful book. And check it out uh, at your library. Arthur Taylor. Notes and Tones. Okay. As promised, we're going to take you to Oil Can Harry's, September 5th, 1975. And I have to thank Gary Barkley for this. Gary was, um, at the time, had a great show on radio station CHQM. And it was late at night. And Gary played all the hippest jazz records and, and carried on throughout the night um, at CHQM. And, of course, brought people in to uh, interview and talk and all of that sort of stuff. And Gary, like myself, was very interested in 
guitarist Grant Green. And when he was booked to play at Oil Can Harry's, that was an event. And Gary Barkley, being um, a real fan of Grant Green's, uh, was able to record this set for broadcast on CHQM. But Gary, being a very intelligent fellow, kept the tape. And, of course, it has now been released, um, produced for release by Zeb Feldman, and came out on uh, Renaissance Records. And it's called Slick. (laughs) So we're going to hear a couple of tunes um, recorded, um, this set. And... Grant brought an interesting band. Um, He was playing, at the time when this was recorded, Grant had moved from straight-ahead jazz to a little more um, funky style. Grant had always been a great blues player and was always very adaptable. And uh, this was kind of a move more to um, the funky style of jazz, but still very relevant and very wonderful music. And Grant brought a a group of young musicians to Oil Can Harry's as part of his working band. So Mr. Green is on guitar. Emmanuel Riggins is on electric piano. Ronnie Ware is on bass. Greg Vibrations Williams, Greg Williams on drums. And Gerald Izzard is on percussion. And we're going to hear two tunes. Uh, The first one is a blues by Charlie Parker, entitled Now's the Time. And the second one is a wonderful tune. Um, It's a bossa nova tune, but uh, done a little differently. Grant was always, um, he liked this tune a lot, and and he did play, uh, play this tune a lot, and it's called How Insensitive. And Grant gives it a very Grant Green treatment of the tune. The voice you hear... Um, on the opening number uh, introducing the band is Gary Barkley himself. And so without further ado, we take you to that great club, Oil Can Harry's, down at uh, 752 Thurlow Street, and the music of Grant Green. Welcome to Oil Can Harry's. My name is Gary Barkley, your host for the Saturday All Night Show, heard on CHQM and QM FM Stereo. Uh, one week from tonight, we're going to be playing back this first set. We're recording now, so you'll have an opportunity to hear it one week from tonight, between the hours of 1 and 2 in the morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, on CHQM. Let's give an, another round of applause for the Grant Green Quintet. I'd like to do an old Charlie Parker tune, a little tune we call Now, Now is the Time.
recorded right here in Vancouver on September 5th, 1975 at Wellcan Harry's in the upstairs jazz room. We heard two extended performances by guitarist Grant Green with his band, uh, including Emmanuel Riggins on electric piano, Ronnie Ware on electric bass, Greg Williams, who's also known as Vibrations, on drums, and Gerald Izzard on percussion. We heard two tunes. The first one was a classic blues written by Charlie Parker called Now's the Time, and we heard Mr. Green announce that. And the second tune was Antonio Carlos Ubim's very famous How Insensitive. And, of course, Mr. Green and company explored that, uh, that tune through all kinds of different phases and everything else. And, of course, uh, just kept you uh, in that kind of hypnotic state that only good music can do. So these two tracks are from this album by Grant Green called Slick. And we have to thank our own Gary Barkley for um, making this music available. It was originally broadcast on radio station CHQM um, when Gary had an all-night jazz program on, uh, on QM. And Gary was the host, and we heard his voice at the beginning introducing the band and introducing the music. And then uh, Grant Green announced Now's the Time, and we heard, heard the music. And uh, this is a wonderful album for Renaissance Records, and it is available. And, of course, uh, Zeb Feldman is responsible for uh, releasing and producing this album and uh, giving it worldwide distribution. So um, do check it out. It's a... There's a lot more on this album that uh, we didn't play this evening, so we heard a very decent part of it, though. Grant Green, one of the great guitar players in jazz history. All right, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9, or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca for live streaming. My name's Gavin Walker. And uh, a couple of websites. I always like to remind you of uh, two important websites. One of them is VancouverJazz.com. That's a a comprehensive website and all kinds of interesting links on there that you can go on and check out. And also the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. With that website, you'll get the complete schedule at uh, Frankie's Jazz Club, one of the very important venues for jazz music in Vancouver. And that's programmed by Mr. Corey Weeds. And there's always fine music down there. And if you get onto the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, they also have their own productions. Uh, so that's a, a very comprehensive website. But the schedule at Frankie's, you can check out uh, the artists that are coming and who you want to hear, and you can actually make reservations and book tables and do all that kind of stuff on that particular website. So that's coastaljazz.ca. 
VancouverJazz.com, CoastalJazz.ca. And we shall return momentarily. That you love. Thanks to the long-standing... Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenum-speaking Musqueam people. Last week we played a tribute because it was his uh, birthday anniversary, or very close to it anyway, um, some music by drummer Philly Joe Jones, of course, who is my favorite drummer. I love Arthur Taylor, too, of course, our jazz feature artist. But uh, Philly Joe Jones really, um, to me, was a, a very, very special drummer and a very special human being as well. Um, and... Interestingly enough, this is his very last recording session. He died from, uh, sad to say, died from cancer about three months after this recording was done. It was done in Holland, uh, April 22nd, Earth Day, 1985. And um, Joe, Philly Joe, and Clifford Jordan had decided to make this tour with two great uh, Dutch musicians— uh, pianist Cease Slinger, who is actually the leader of the date, and Isla Eckinger on bass, and Clifford Jordan on tenor saxophone, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. And Philly Joe um, decided to make the tour, and of course he performed, uh, they, they played in about 24 cities and uh, a couple of weeks, a short European tour. And uh, Several times during the tour, uh, Philly Joe was saying that he didn't. There was something wrong with him, but he didn't know what it was. And obviously, it was the um, the cancer that uh, eventually led to his demise. But it didn't stop him from performing beautifully. And they took some of the tunes um, to Studio Monster in uh, Holland on April twenty second, nineteen eighty five, at the end of the tour and recorded uh, a couple of, um, a group of tunes for this wonderful album, which was issued on Timeless Records. So once again, C. Slinger is the leader on piano. Clifford Jordan, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone. Isla Eckinger on bass. And Philly Joe Jones on drums. And we're going to hear two tunes. Um, the first one is my favorite track on the whole album. It's a composition dedicated to somebody who really uh, influenced um, 
Sea Slinger on, on piano, uh, Cedar Walton. And uh, the tune is called Waltonia. So it's, uh, it's a roundabout dedication to Cedar Walton. And it's a beautiful tune and very complex as well. Then we're going to move to one called Eyewitness Blues, written by Clifford Jordan. It's also got a different title. It was uh, when he first recorded it, uh, he titled it Wagadougou, which, of course, is the capital of uh, Burkina Faso uh, in Africa. That's what it was first recorded at, but um, he changed the title for, <laughs> for this time around and called it the Eyewitness Blues. So these two tunes from this uh, marvelous album, we're going to hear them now, beginning with Waltonia. Thank you. 
couple of tunes from this uh, marvelous album came out on Timeless Records and called Slingshot. And it's led by Dutch pianist Cease Slinger. And it features, of course, the great Clifford Jordan on tenor saxophone, Isla Eckinger on bass, and the last recording ever by the great drummer Philly Joe Jones, who sounds marvelous on here. And uh, three months later, Philly Joe was gone at age 62 from cancer. Anyway, all of this was recorded on Earth Day, April 22, 1985, in Holland, and we heard two tunes. The first one was a composition by Cease entitled Waltonia, dedicated to his one of his mentors, Cedar Walton, of course. That's why he called it Waltonia. And the second tune was called Eyewitness Blues, written by Clifford Jordan and played by the quartet. So I hope you enjoyed those uh, two tunes from this uh, rather elusive album. And uh, it's excellent all the way through. Um, And, of course, it was uh, the great Philly Joe Jones' last recording. Somebody else who left us far too soon was pianist Mulgrew Miller. He was one of the best-loved musicians in jazz. He was... um, what can one say uh, about Mulgrew Miller? Um, uh, he's a magnificent musician, of course, and uh, one of the great um, pianists of the last uh, 20 or so years. He was only 57 when he died after a series of strokes, sad to say. Uh, he did come to Vancouver a couple of times. He came with Woody Shaw um, in, in Woody's band in the uh, early 80s. Uh, they made an appearance here in Vancouver. But then uh, Mulgrew also came to Corey Weed's cellar out on West Broadway. And I remember chatting with uh, uh, Mulgrew. He was, he was just, um, just a classy person. Um, there, his, his personality and his um, lucidity when he described uh, music, and uh, he, he was just an exceptional person. That's all I can say. This is a marvelous performance recorded at Yoshi's in um, Oakland, and we're going to hear Mulgrew play a standard tune called If I Were a Bell, written by Frank Lesser. And uh, if you've never heard Mulgrew Miller play, you're really going to enjoy this one. Um, this is, was his working trio, Derek Hodge on bass, and Kareem Riggins on drums. And Mr. Miller is going to do for you, as I said, If I Were a Bell. Check him out.
the great late Mulgrew Miller on piano, recorded at Yoshi's uh, in Oakland, and we heard, of course, uh, Mulgrew do If I Were a Bell, written by Frank Lesser. Derek Hodge was on bass and Kareem Riggins on drums. And, of course, Mr. Mulgrew Miller at the piano. Great performance. And, of course, uh, he is sorely missed on the jazz scene uh, today. He, um, as I said, he passed away um, a couple of years ago after a whole series of strokes, and he was only 57. And uh, just a sad passing, and uh, people are still talking about how great he was. He recorded prolifically, so uh, it's very easy to find... uh, um, him on recordings as a sideman, as a leader, and of course, um, just a marvelous musician. Someone else who is marvelous is singer Betty Carter, the late, great Betty Carter. This is from a 1975 album recorded at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. And we're going to hear a piece of music by Betty. This is her own invention, and uh, she is featured here with her working trio of the time with the late John Hicks on piano, Curtis Lundy on bass, and Kenny Washington on drums. And this is a very different kind of vocal performance, but it is Betty Carter, and she was one of the most creative and innovative vocalists in jazz music. And this one is called Sounds. Moving on. Betty Carter. Let's go. 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 Let's go.
Washington, Lord,
Recorded at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco in December of 1979. That was the great Betty Carter with a, a totally 
spontaneous kind of scat singing, everything. She took it in every direction uh, with her trio and uh, an amazing um, display of her creativity as uh, a vocalist. And, of course, we'll be dipping more into this uh, marvelous album. That, that was called simply Sounds, Moving On. And that was a creation of Betty Carter with her trio, John Hicks, the great John Hicks on piano, uh, Curtis Lundy on bass, and Kenny Washington on drums, and of course, Miss Betty Carter, or as they used to uh, call her in the, in the early days of her career, Betty Bebop. She was discovered by Lionel Hampton, and uh, of course, Betty Carter is today no longer with us, but she still is um, remembered as an incredibly legendary performer, Betty Carter. We're going to change the pace a little bit and uh, have some nice Hammond B3 by one of my favorites, Charles Ireland, the Mighty Burner, with uh, Virgil Jones on trumpet, Bill Easley on tenor saxophone, Bobby Broom on guitar, Buddy Williams on drums, and Frank Collin on conga drums. And this is called Kickin' the Three. Of course, referring to the B3. Kickin' the Three. Charles Ireland. Thank you. 
We heard two pieces of music. The first we started out with the Charles Ireland from his album Front Burner with uh, a tune called Kickin' the Three. Charles Ireland on Hammond organ, Virgil Jones on trumpet, Bill Easley on tenor saxophone, Bobby Broom on guitar, Buddy Williams on drums, and Frank Colon on conga drums. Kickin' the Three. Then we followed that up with a marvelous brand new uh, CD from Cellar Live, and it's called Explosion. And what it is, is the Corey Weed's Little Big Band. And this was a project that he had in mind, uh, bringing in some internationally known players and uh, mixing them all up in, in a, kind of a small big band um, and uh, performing some great music. So we heard um, the people involved here, uh, Corey Weeds, of course, on tenor saxophone, P.J. Perry on alto saxophone, Steve Caldestad on tenor saxophone. That's the sax, uh, saxophone sec- section. Actually, no, Gary Smoulian, the great Smoule on baritone saxophone. Uh, Rod Murray on trombone, Steve Davis from New York on trombone, um, Joe Magnarelli from New York on trumpet, Chris Davis on, on second trumpet, Chris Jestrin on piano, Paul Rushka on bass, Jesse Cahill on drums, and the conductor of the band was Jill Townsend. And the arrangement for this was by Jill's husband, Bill Kuhn, guitarist Bill Kuhn. So we heard um, solos by uh, Steve Davis on trombone, uh, Joe Magnarelli on trumpet, and uh, Corey Weeds on tenor saxophone on this uh, piece we just finished listening to called Minor Mishap. And it was written by the great Tommy Flanagan, pianist. And um, yeah, this is a marvelous album. And uh, we shall be hearing more of this uh, uh, album in ensuing shows. I'll play you some more tracks, I promise, next week because uh, it's an excellent production, and uh, it's something that Corey had in mind for a long time. Uh, he was inspired by um, some of Oliver Nelson's um, big band recordings for Prestige that weren't really a big band. They were sort of a small big band, if you know what I mean. Big bands are usually about 17, 16, 17 pieces, and uh, this one is basically a um, 10-piece band. So there you, there you go. Or 11-piece band. There you go. <laughs> okay, that's the definition there. We're going to turn our attention now to one of, um, incidentally, one of Corey Weed's favorite tenor saxophone players, and that's the late, great Hank Mobley. This is from an album. We're going to hear a couple of tracks from an album um, for, called Third Season. And it was one of those sessions that wasn't immediately released it took uh, it was recorded in 1967 but uh, this didn't surface until the mid 80s this is Hank Mobley on tenor saxophone the great Lee Morgan on trumpet James Spaulding on alto saxophone and a Canadian that's right Sonny Greenwich on guitar a legendary Canadian Cedar Walton on piano, Walter Booker on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. We're going to hear two tunes, Stepping Stone by Lee Morgan 
and an aperitif written by Hank Mobley. Check this out.
couple of tracks from a wonderful album by tenor saxophonist Hank Mobley called Third Season. And that featured Hank on tenor saxophone with the great Lee Morgan on trumpet and some passionate alto saxophone work by James Spaulding. And on guitar, Sonny Greenwich from Montreal. That's right, legendary Canadian on guitar. And Cedar Walton on piano, Walter Booker on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. And uh, the first tune we heard, we didn't hear too much of Sonny on the first tune, um, written by Lee Morgan called Stepping Stone, but we certainly did hear from him on the second tune, written by Hank Mobley, called An Apertif. And uh, those two tunes from this uh, wonderful Mobley album, Third Season. We're going to turn now to um, pianist Junior Mance. He's kind of overlooked, wonderful piano player um, in the early days. Um, he's originally from Chicago, and of course he's recorded and, and played with all the great Chicago musicians. And uh, of course um, came to New York and uh, toured with Dizzy Gillespie, toured with Cannonball Adderley. Wonderful piano player, then went off on uh, to form his own trio for many, many years. Played in uh, Toronto, uh, all over the world. Junior Mance on piano with Ray Brown on bass and Lex Humphreys on drums. And this album was recorded when he was working with Dizzy Gillespie. And, of course, one of uh, Dizzy Gillespie's most famous tunes is this one, and it's called Burke's Works. And this is Junior Mance's interpretation of this great tune. Thank you. 
Well, I think that's a nice way to end the show this evening. Pianist Junior Mance with Ray Brown on bass and Lex Humphreys on drums from a rather rare album called simply Junior. And that was his interpretation of uh, Dizzy Gillespie's very famous tune called Burke's Works, which is, of course, essentially a, a blues in a minor key. So there you, there you go. Music lesson for the day. We certainly hope you uh, enjoyed the show. If you could stay for uh, some of it, great. If you stayed for all of it, wonderful. And uh, we hope to see you again next week. We start every Monday night at uh, 9 p.m. and carry on until after midnight. And you have been listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on live streaming, www.citr.ca. And we'll see you in seven days' time. My name is Gavin Walker. Thank you so much for being out there and uh, lending us your ears. And we'll see you again. Enjoy the sunshine as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.